theme music for the podcast. Uh, we don't actually have any theme music, so someone will probably make one up for us. I don't want to name any Rachel. I hope it's Rachel that does that for the podcast. Do those waves look all right? They look perfectly fine to me. Oh, yeah. Okay. We can Hello, check everyone. it if you want. No, it's fine. No, it's Hello, fine. everyone. Welcome back to the tiny room. I, <laughs> I am still sick. Uh, I'm your usual sick podcast host, uh, Mick, and I am here with a picture of health. My co-host Ben. Say hello, Ben. I do have a rather large zit <laughs> yeah, on my face, so I look like I perhaps have the plague. The plague. Or, or the leprosy. The black death. Something like that. So I'm not quite a picture of health, but I'm certainly, compared to Michael, it's more of a before death and after death yeah, scenario. I'm, I'm feeling pretty pretty rough. <laughs> pretty rough. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's, so he'll be a little timid today. Speaking of things, Ben... That are timid. That, that could turn out pretty rough. Oh, yes. Uh, what do you think of this uh, Fox-Marvel possible merger story? That's big news. Yeah. Big news. Out out of the ashes of a an atrocious, ego-driven, maniacal TV series, also known as Inhumans, oh, okay. <laughs> has, has sprung forth a, a, a tiny beam of light that people have latched onto in, in hope and... Prosperity. Yes. It is the proposed um, Fox Marvel merger. Mm. Um, Marvel, driven by a severe berating of their atrocious series, Inhumans, <laughs> um, has mostly has, by you is actually no. Hang on, everybody says this. <laughs> um, has has actually opened up talks with Fox and are hoping to buy back mutants. I don't think they're hoping to buy back. Well, mutants, I think they're hoping to merge them in a, a Sony Spider Man. No, wait, no, no. Oh, they're hoping wrong. to buy Fox. What? Yeah. Not necessarily all of Fox. Fox will retain their news and their sports and things like that. I had the wrong end of the stick yeah, there. No, they're, they're, they're hoping to buy Fox's entertainment division, essentially. Oh, so they're and burning down the house. They're, they're just like, well, it's our show now, so that's how we get our rights back. Essentially. They can do that. they got that Disney money back. They are Disney. They've got that Ooh. money. They've got that sweet, sweet Disney money. Wow. Yeah. Um, there was another... It's a lot more Shakespearean than I thought. Yeah, there was another kind of big monopoly merger talk recently oh it's Hasbro the this toy company the end of the world yeah, Hasbro are planning to buy apparently uh, Takara their Japanese oh. equivalent oh yeah that's a big move that's a huge move that, it worries me greatly I said that because I uh, had no idea if it's a big move oh it is yeah see from these, the look on your face see these guys here all, all the, the Autobots. No, the the Decepticons, Decepticons. actually. Then <laughs> these are masterpiece figures. Takara make them. Takara generally in the past did the engineering, and Hasbro did the character designs and the fair and the stuff like that. But it looks like they might be merging, like Marvel and Fox. Is that a problem? No. Uh, Why are you nervous about it? Takara does the masterpiece line. Yes, it's nice. which is nice line. They're very kind big. of the strongest line that they've got. Yeah. They're masterpieces, essentially. They're the they're the best ones. It's in the name. Yeah, they're the best Transformers. And, and you fear perhaps Hasbro sh- would dilute the quality of the work. Now, having said that, Hasbro also make all the other Transformers you see and the Marvel Legends there. And like a, but Hasbro, there is a notable difference between all the other ones that you have and, and the that masterpiece. One. Yeah, well, those, those those five there. five and the ones downstairs. Are they expensive? They're master reasonably. Yeah, they're not hot toys expensive. But, toys are bloody expensive. Yeah, but they're they're definitely in the adult collectible price range, not the not the toy price range. I saw something this week you'd enjoy. Go on. Um, 
2049, Blade Runner 2049, did a special on YouTube about their miniature buildings. Oh. Uh, I thought you'd really enjoy the I process watch that. behind. It's like a six-minute video. That sounds fun. Um, and it's very interesting. I'd thoroughly recommend it to anyone who's interested in in models or, um, or cinematography but how they build the entire set from scratch and oh, that's great the I didn't realise there were practical models they do. they're practical models yeah. they kept the original style of, of Blade Runner that's good and um, the LAPD building and all that are, are all models if Fox and Marvel do merge do you think they should reintegrate the X-Men with the Marvel Cinematic Universe I think they need a good excuse to give people superpowers again they want to get on it ah uh, nobody cares about the Inhumans. No, nobody they're... gives. To be fair, chances are if you stopped Joe Average on the street, Johnny One Eye, Johnny One Eye on the street, mm-hmm. and you said mutant or inhuman, which sounds more familiar? Yeah, he'd probably say mutant. Well, mutant's also a real word term. Yeah, but I I think for other reasons they would probably associate it. To, like it's not one you hear thrown around. No, what a mutant! Like you don't, yeah, you don't, you don't hear that thrown around. Uh, personally. I wouldn't mind if Hugh Jackman made an appearance. Huge jacked man. Huge jacked, average-sized, small man, as in, I call in, him. In the 90s. <laughs> uh, well, compared to you, Mick, everyone is average and small. Got him. Um, yeah, would be no... That'd be nice, wouldn't it? If you just just one last one last, just go. One last hurrah. The, the, well, I'd love to see him fight Ryan Reynolds' pool. Yeah, well, they can. I'd, I'd like to see that. That's their no, both anyway. I'd, I'd love to see a little guest appearance. I'd love to see a little, oh Christ, Wade. Something like that. Yeah. Well, that's what Or I'd love to see him walk into a bar where Wade is in a bar fight and he goes, oh no. <laughs> walks back walks out. Back out. Yeah. I would, like, a quick little X Men first class cameo. Fuck off. Yeah. Like, I would, that's one. That's no, one. you're allowed. That's fine. That's, oh, it's, it's in quotations. Yeah. Yes, I've still got my three Fs. <laughs> three F bombs. Um, yeah. I, I have a lot of hope for this merger. Hmm. I don't. I'd prefer if they stayed separate. Right. I think the X-Men universe uh, doesn't work in the context of the larger Marvel universe. Well, you walked me into that one. Because, no, but I mean, you have the whole fear of mutants thing, but then everyone loves the Avengers. Although everyone doesn't love the Avengers anymore now. Everyone's afraid of them as well. Well, there's Ben. Ben doesn't like the No, Avengers. not the movie, the event. Ah, look, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Let's move on. Ben. Yes. We have had a tweet. Have we? We have. Oh. It's from the Rachel bot. The Rachel bot? Yes. And the Rachel bot says, hey, at Mick and Ben. That's, that's us. That's us. That's how you find us on Twitter, at mm. Mick and Ben. She said, who, uh, you're you're both very intelligent and knowledgeable. Who's she did that? say that. She did, yeah, look, it's here. Oh, uh, oh. She said, you're both very intelligent and knowledgeable. Who's that big spooky grey man in the in the Justice League trailers? Oh, glad so, you asked. That's kind of your division, Ben. Glad you big, asked, Big Rachel. spooky men. What even is big spooky man in, in trailer? <laughs> yes. Um, or... To give it, to give this quick little rundown, its actual name. Who? What even is? Who? What even is? Who? What even is? Who? What even is? Uh, Steppenwolf. Uh, well, Rachel, um, the big spooky grey man is Steppenwolf, as as we just said. Sweet. He is segment finished. <laughs> he is a general to Darkseid, um, mm. and he the commands force. the legions of no, not Darkseid. The Force. Darkseid is in D A R K S E I D. Dark C I. Say it. Say it. Like a dark seat. Yes. Like a navy blue seat. Yeah, like a dark, reasonably priced car. Um, and, uh, yeah, no. Um, he is a new god. Um, oh. A new god of apocalypse. 
Apocalypse. Apocalypse. That's apocalypse with a K yeah. and a P and an S at the end. Oh, actually, no Y. Yeah, apocalypse. L I P S E. Which is interesting because the Marvel. Uh, no, L I P S. Sorry. Because the Marvel character Apocalypse does have notably humorous lips. He does ridiculously blue, I large ones. I am Apocalypse. <laughs> nice. It's pretty good. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he's um, one of those. Um, he commands the legions of parademons, which are all the little flying guys you see in the trailer. Parrot demons. Para. Yeah, demons. So like, semi-demons. Oh, like paramilitaries. Yes, exactly. Oh, yes. Oh, that's culturally insensitive. Ooh, especially on this island. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Go on, the paramilitaries. Uh, he commands those legions and he is the man sent in to do the dirty work by Darkseid before he takes over the planet. Do you think Darkseid will be a bigger, spookier, greyer man? He's to come in in Justice League 2 or 3. Okay, I would sh- if it makes it that far. Yeah. I don't know if it will. It probably will. Um, yeah. So, first of all, <clears throat> yep. Rachel, just to add to that confusion, I just said a bunch of words that have no meaning yep. to you, to the average man or woman um, on the street, because they are all part of the fourth world or the new gods. Yeah, um, you know, really helping, which are a line of kind of modernized uh, neo pantheon. Godlike characters in the DC line of comics. Mm. Um, there are two worlds in this oh. uh, in this new gods comic. Right. What are uh, they called? The one is Apocalypse, as I we have previously. Um, Apocalypse is Apocalypse, as we previously mentioned, and the other is New Genesis. I am New Genesis. Yes, thank you very much. You said oddly like David Bowie or something. Oh, there's a touch of Bowie about you in um, Labyrinth. Labyrinth Bowie. Codpiece Bowie. New Genesis does sound like a new wave eighties rock band. It does, it does. It does. It's all kind of Yeah, so um there's a reason that they sound so familiar. I'll get to that a little bit later. For now, right. there are some important characters in the the New Gods series. Right. Uh one of the key characters is Darkseid. Darkseid. He's the all powerful uh kind of evil version or the Satan of this particular uh, line of mm. comics. He's the Hades, I suppose. Okay. Um, and then there's the High Father. The High Father is the, the Zeus or the the positive version. The Odin. The Odin. Yeah, the All Father character in this new mythology kind of end of things. And mm-hmm. um, you could look at New Genesis as Paradise, and you could look at Apocalypse as Hell. Ah. Um, no problem. Um, Apocalypse is all about. I am. Um, Apocalypse. Apocalypse is all about sadism, torture, um, the murder of innocence, the corruption of all value, etc., etc., etc. Did Chris Claremont invent it? No, he didn't. Because he likes... He, did, he, does love, he does love an L Hellfire Club, an L Latex and Leather. There are themes of Latex and Leather running through Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lashina is one of the key henchwomen of Darkseid. Oh, she's I love a, a henchwoman. She's a whip-based, electric whip-based villainess. Great. Um... She's very BDSM friendly. Um, which if, ever, if ever I assemble a squad to come after you, <laughs> one, of my, one of my henchwomen will be like that. <laughs> That's fine by me. <laughs> um, so, um, he has a number of minions who do his bidding. Who? Um, dis- uh, apoc- uh, sorry, Darkseid has a number of minions. Steppenwolf is the one that's most pertinent to this particular discussion. Mm-hmm. He also has um, Desad. Mm. Granny goodness. The Marquis de Sade. No, no, de Sade. As it, but uh, it's interesting. He takes his name from that. Oh. But it's D E S A A D. And he is chief torturer. Oh, good. Or head 
Head torture. Head torture. I don't... He, he tortures all parts of the body. But, but <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good. He's a head torture. Um, we also have Granny Goodness, oh. who is in charge of his brainwashing program. And she's a bad egg. Um, yeah, she does kind of the conditioning for... Um, she does the conditioning of his soldiers. She turns them into mindless kind of oh. soldiers and things like that. She is a parody of that traditional granny figure. She uses mm. the language of grannies where it's kindness and goodness, but it's very twisted. Is she grim. a busty, white-haired old lady? She's tremendously busty. Good. Bulldogish would be a term that could be used <laughs> to describe her. So she has her, she has him. She has sons like Calabac. Um, I ain't no Calabac son yeah. I ain't no Calabac son Exactly A few gods went round this planet Not just gonna uh, it, was, it was a good attempt Look if I wasn't sick That would have been better <laughs> But you would have been cast Into the fire pits of Apocalypse Oh no um, So those are some of the key figures Over there On Apocalypse yeah. um, And then some of the key figures Over on New Genesis Are Orion mm-hmm. um, Scott Free Scott Free uh, Big Barda Former denizens of Apocalypse But I'm not gonna spoil that Sorry Scott Go ahead Scott Free What a pun Scott Free, what a pun. Yes, he got away, Scott Free. He's a master escape artist called Mr. Miracle. Ah, That's his stage name. Very good. Um, uh, there's... Ooh, I can't even think of other ones. They're not as important as the, the Apocalypse films. Uh, Bug, the Forager. Bug, the Forager is around. Any any others uh, that you want to? Mr. Miracle, Big Barda. Yeah, we got them. Orion, Scott Free. There's the Fly Fellows. The High Father. He's very annoying. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's all, all you need. Um, either way, uh, that's who they are. And that's where Steppenwolf comes in. He is our first introduction to New Gods. Uh, Darkseid over the years became Superman's prime rival, I suppose. Really? Uh, when they got tired of... Lex Luthor. They had Lex Luthor, but Lex Luthor is not really his equal physically. Right. He wasn't really a challenge for a super-powered Kryptonian. Mm-hmm. And there's only so many times you could expose Superman to Kryptonite to get one over on him physically. Um, well, not in real life. Not in real life, no. And there are lots of ways. Just keep trying. Yeah. But in comics, it was easier to have this super-powered, god-like figure, new god. Mm-hmm. Who became Darkseid. He mm-hmm. sounds a lot like Thanos. He's extremely like Thanos. Predates oh. Thanos. So he like takes him out before the main date. Yeah. He's, warm, he's the warm up. Yeah. He's a fluffer. He's, he's a fluffer. Oh god. Good. Excellent. Uh, he predates Thanos. Who cre- they are very similar in design. Yeah. They're big grey men. With chins. Large big, chins. Big chinny grey men. And, and, and oval oval. Doesn't Darkseid not have a chin? Isn't that his defining feature? It depends on who draws him. Yeah. Uh, but traditionally... Yeah, he doesn't. There's a reason um, that he doesn't have a chin. Oh, um, poor genetics. Poor genetics. Lack of a beard. Lack of a beard. You're just I'm repeating just what I said. Cast into a, yeah, I'm just repeating what you said. But that's that's who it is, Rachel. Um, that's what even is uh, Steppenwolf. He's you, a general for the legions of apocalypse. Did when we went to see the film there the other day? Yes. Did you notice who played him? It was noted Irishman whose name I can't remember. Kieran Hines. Kieran Hines. Good friend of uh, Liam Neeson. An Irishman in sports. Another Irishman in sports. We must wrap up. We must rev up for another Irishman in sports. Yeah, soon. sure. It's a, it's a popular because they're coming along. It's a popular little touch. There's two Irishmen in that film. Yeah. Mm. At least. Mm. Stacks old Irishman yeah. and Jason Momoa, who is a huge fan of Ireland. Apparently, loves us. Yeah. Loves us. Oh no, I've forgotten how to do the Jason Momoa voice. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's it. That's all. <laughs> Woo. So who did that stuff that you were talking about? Well, yes. Well, the lack of chin 
Could right. be put down to a man called Jack Kirby. Jack never, Kirby's... never heard of him, Ben. You've never heard of Jack Kirby. Well, I have, obviously. Well, you have. But for those of you who are just tuning in, who even is Jack Kirby? Ah, oh, this is the whole thing. This is yeah, where we were, we're going. We're going to keep it going. Jack Kirby is the man who really revolutionized how you view comic books. Me personally. Uh, not you personally. No, you, the listener. Sorry, I'm, I'm oh. ignoring Mick because he's sick and feeble. I'm a bit feeble. Um, but yeah, he is the man who has shaped most of the Marvel Universe Oh, um, in a significant way, controversially at times. Oh. Um, not from him, but from other people who... Well, I, we'll get into that in a few minutes. I think you're um, mispronouncing Stan Lee. Controversially. Oh, oh nice. Very Swish, good. name of the podcast. Um, but uh, yeah, he was an artist for Marvel. Is he dead? Um, he's unfortunately dead. He died in 1994. That was a while ago. 76. Um, so he's dead quite a while. Um, he was born in 1917, in case you want to do the maths. Oh, he's 100. Correct. Um, yeah, oh, he's 100 this year. Holy crap. Well, he's dead. So he's not 100. But it's his 100th anniversary of existence. Yeah. Uh, or prominence or whatever. Oh, the living. Yeah, living. Um, yeah. So, um, wow, I didn't even realise that. Okay, that's that was well-timed. Mm-hmm. Um, because we're coming to the end of 2017. Yeah, so I, think he, I think he was born in August... There was nothing done to signify that. That's unusual. Well, that's controversial, isn't it? I thought they would have... Oh, yeah. There's, okay, well, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But he, for Marvel, created the following characters. I think it's worth... Well, he didn't create them, sorry. He's attributed as co-creating them. But, okay, so to get did. into this a little bit quickly, the Marvel method. Do you know what it is, Mick? I, I do, but do you want me to pretend I don't or pretend yeah, I do? Yeah, pretend you... Well, no, pretend you do, because and, 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 I've spoken quite a bit. Okay. So, you've heard of Stan Lee. Yeah. Stan Lee. Stan Lee. That's the one. True believers. Exactly. Uh, Stan Lee, in the 60s, well, in the 40s to the 60s, mm. was basically Marvel's only writer. It's very lonely in this office. Exactly. Uh, I put writer in air quotes there. Because mm-hmm. he teamed mm. up with very, very, very notable artists. The, probably the most notable are Jack Kirby. And Sterling New Yorker. Uh, yeah. And Steve Ditko. Steve Ditko, who is also super famous. Spider-Man and uh, Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange. So, what Stan Lee would do is he would give the <laughs> artists <laughs> a very brief outline mm. of a plot. And then they would actually go and plot it and draw the comic. they do all of it. They would do the whole thing and draw the comic. Then they would give it back to Stan and Stan would write in some dialogue bubbles. And, and then take his name on And it. then take credit. <laughs> And yeah. that's, that's the Marvel method. This is method. very controversial. And uh, Jack Kirby is notable for several reasons. First of all, the majority of character creation is attributed to his costume design and his appearance design, which would be largely him. Stan Lee gets an idea. Yeah. And he'd be like, wow, what a... A name. What a swell idea. The I, man, uh, a man who's a spider. Jack, whip, whip that up for me there, Jack. And Jack would go off and he'd, he'd do that. And Should um, I name some characters and then yeah, you tell sure. us if they are... Jack Kirby or not? Sure. Uh, Spider-Man. Yes, the original cover. Really? Yeah. It's not Steve Ditko. The swinging cover, the famous oh. cover where he's carrying some numbers on. Jack but, Kirby. Oh. Uh, uh, Thor. Yes. Hmm. Um, Deadpool. No. Oh, too recent. Leafield. Oh, no. Mm. Uh, Cable. Nope. Uh, 90s, too recent. The Fantastic Four. Yes. Mm. All of them. All of them, especially, notably, Ben Grimm, who is apparently an almost exact copy of Jack Kirby himself. Ah, but if he was a rock man. If he was a rock man. Great. And he does smoke cigars exactly like Jack Kirby and speaks exactly like Jack Kirby. Ah. In fact, Jack Kirby directly uh, parallels himself 
with Ben Grimm. He said, I am probably most like Ben Grimm. That's very interesting. Of all my creations. Um, the X-Men. Yes. Um, Thor. I said that one already. Yeah. Uh, the Hulk. Yes. Uh, uh, Captain America. No. But kind of. Kind of. He created him for Timely Comics. Mm. I did a lot of the design work on the original. The concept of punching Nazis. Yes. <laughs> he invented that. He did. Good. Nobody uh, else in World War II thought to do it before he drew it in a comic. Like, well, what? And that's how the Americans won the war. Well, what are we going to do? Yeah. How are we like... going to beat these Nazis? <laughs> and then he went, you just suck them in the jaw. Look, I'll draw you a picture. And then all the soldiers in Unison went, wow. <laughs> Great. Wow, what? Nazi punch. Wow. That was a good bit. That's a neat idea. That sounded funny, but I mean, I'm tired, so it might mm. not have been. <laughs> I'm delirious at this point. Um, Look. Hugely, hugely influential creator. Also created hated TV series, um, Inhumans. He was the inspiration behind oh, that. No. He created the Inhumans. Um, he came up with the Eternals for Marvel. He mm. came up with look, Silver Surfer, Galactus. You name it, it's him. Well, okay. we just we literally just did that. Yeah, exactly. We named it Black Panther oh. coming up very very soon. So all the big names, Iron Man, all the big names that you know from Marvel mm-hmm. have his hand in them. Oh, okay. Sorry. Get out of there, you sorry. Yo, yo, creep. Sorry. <laughs> he had a hand in designing them. Ah, okay. That makes much more sense. I should have put it that way. Um, however, he rarely receives credit. Stan Lee is seen as the father of Marvel Comics, whereas mm-hmm. really, yeah. in a bit of a Bob Kane, Bill Finger controversy, uh, yeah, finger and hands in, we're, we're, we're all around, um, didn't get enough credit. In mm. fact, left Marvel at one point oh. due to being shafted by them so often. Mm. Um Went to DC, hoped things would get better. Spoiler, they didn't. No. Um, went back to Marvel and finished out his career. Um, his longtime wife and partner um, died, and he died shortly after in 1994, oh. unfortunately. Yeah, he died of a broken heart. Oh. Yeah. Um, so that's quite sad. Did he die penniless? Um, he didn't die rich. Mm. Um, there was a whole controversy in the... the 80s uh, Alan Moore um, likes the controversy loves loves an old controversy Alan Moore and other noted creators of that era um, got together Frank Miller uh, Frank Miller was one of those men noted enemy much. of the podcast noted enemy of the podcast mainly Ben but of the podcast um, Alan Moore loves an old rape uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alan loves an old rape Moore should have yeah. done it that way um yeah, they got together and basically, uh, before this kind of coalition got together... Mm-hmm. Um, coalition of evil. No, of, of general positivity okay. and workers' rights, especially in the comic book industry. Before that, basically, artists would come up with something and uh, they would give that idea to the company. The company would pay them a one-time fee right. and that would be the end of their rights. No merchandising, no original art given back. Nothing mm-hmm. like that. Any pages they did for the company were kept by the company. Yeah. Belonged to them. Yeah, that's so pretty standard. So it was standard. really cheap labour, mm-hmm. okay, for a significant body of work. Um, this meant that artists had nowhere to go. They had to keep producing for these companies. They had to keep working exactly. non-stop. What do you want, you communist? <laughs> anyway. Anyway. That's capitalism, then. Shortly after that. That's not exactly capitalism. It is capitalism. capitalism. Work for hire. Anyway. anyway. Yeah, go on. Artists' rights 
were in the shitter. I think there's a quote here from <laughs> I don't, I from don't, Jack Kirby himself. I don't see why you need a quote when you have the quote, artist rights were in the shitter. <laughs> Jack Kirby said himself, the artist is the lowest form of life on the ladder. Oh. Okay, which is a nice mashing of How two. How did he say it? Rung on the ladder. That's it. The artist is the lowest form. He didn't form. do a voice. Oh, sorry. The art, New York. So, real New Yorker. Yeah. Real New Yorker. Yeah, the artist street. is the lowest form of life on the ladder. That's not bad. It's a little bit Stan Lee, but bit. they were quite similar if you heard yeah, them. Stan Lee's if from they had a podcast, people would have equal difficulty in distinguishing them <laughs> as they do us. Um, so, um, yeah, um, after that, uh, he was allowed his pages back for oh. Marvel. So he didn't die penniless. Oh, he sold coalition, them. And he was able to sell his pages. And artists got far more rights in general. Also essential in the founding of Image Comics. Oh, I like an image. Uh, image Comics are some of the best comics been written today, I think, if you're into independent, non-canonized... Mm. Uh, Rob Liefeld. Yeah, well, he's there, but he doesn't really have much influence on the comics Good. themselves anymore. It's mostly a Kirkman affair. It's mm. a Kirkman affair. It is, actually, isn't it? It's I read that um, that uh, Hackslash issue. Are you good? It's fine. It's fine. Just fine. Yeah. Just fine. We'll see if it goes anywhere. So, Mick... Yes, Benjamin. Why am I lauding this man? Why is he so significant? Yeah, go on. Yeah, it's uh, quite important. Um, so, in terms of pure style, yes, um, this this is now we're in my territory. Yeah, this this man pure is a style, fascinating man. So he started out. He do you know how he got his got his reputation? He apprenticed for Fleischer cartoons. Oh, yeah, he worked on Fleischer cartoons. That's how he learned his trade. Oh. He is almost completely self taught. Excellent. Um, which is really, really interesting. Um, is that why his heads don't look like heads? It's why his heads don't look like heads. They're very... Like cuboids. Cuboids, yeah. He does everything broken down into basic shapes. Oh, like you. Um, yeah, quite like what I do in my sketchbook. If you, uh, we'll just flip the page there. Yeah, yeah. So we start them out in shapes and we, yeah. we build them up. I'd say I build them up a little more than he did. He turned it into a very stylized form and it became synonymous with him. If you see a Kirby drawing, once you've seen one, you can spot it. Every time you see one. What sort or of you thing would spot. be? So, very thick ink-based lines. Right. Um, Kirby Crackle is his most distinctive feature. He was mm. obsessed with the cosmic right. uh, scale of things mm-hmm. and with space and with mythology. And he would often marry those two things together. Uh, Kirby Crackle is how he would show cosmic energy. It is a series of black and white bubbles. Do you want to hear a good bit of trivia? Yeah. Uh, I read this the other day. Apparently, in Jack Kirby's head... The new gods mm-hmm. of Apocalypse were gigantic. Really? Gigantic. Like... Lovecraftian. Bigger, bigger than planets. Wow. That if we saw Darkseid's real size, that Earth would be the size of a golf ball. But travelling no. travelling to Earth through the boom tube shrinks him. Or Superman travelling to Apocalypse through the boom tube expands him. Wow. So, like Earth, you wouldn't even see Earth beside Apocalypse. I don't know if that's canon or not. It's not canon because they've had Apocalypse come to Earth once twice. Physically. It's bigger, but it's not. It doesn't make golf ball size. It would be amazing. No, golf ball size. That would be amazing. Golf ball size compared to. Dark side. Dark side, not the planet. Shoot, Isn't that. That's cool. I like that. That's That's pretty cool. Yeah. You love an El Cosmic Horror. I like you love cosmic, an like incomprehensible an human scale. Yeah. That's your thing. Um, so yeah, the Kirby Crackle is how he shows energy. It's all over comics still today. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's, it's all over comics today. It's less common though. Even just in general, showing powers is less common now yeah, than it used to be. Yeah, they're all subtle these days. Or like in the past, if Magneto was doing a magnet, 
they would show him doing a magnet by putting a loops. crackle around it. Yeah, or purple. Now they don't. Now they hope that the art is good enough to show it. It's synonymous with the 60s. Mm. It, it really is the early age of, of, of people, comics. People see it as old-fashioned, I Patterns. think, now. Yeah, but it's making a comeback. Are you a fan of Nick... Er- Nick Ding- Cave and the Bad Seeds. They are a great band. Um, Nick Erdington. Never heard of him. Okay, he does a really nice kind of old-fashioned style. He sounds like a German beer. Art. He is a little bit like that. Um, and he is currently writing Mr. Miracle for DC. Oh, Scott Free. Enjoying. It's like a postmodern deconstruction of oh, the New Gods. No, but it's of course not, it is. It's better than Morrison. It's better than Morrison. Um, because he's not going through going, aye, that's a really interesting concept, but if you look at it, it's sweet, how crazy is that? Huh? That's very good. I'm blowing what, your mind. What if, what if uh, Grant Morrison and Jack Kirby were to have a conversation? What would that sound like? Aye, Jack, but if you look at it my way, Jack, if we go back and we, we take that apart, Jack, it's going to be amazing. Somebody get this fruit away from me. <laughs> Something like that. I like how Ben interjected in the middle. <laughs> Something like that. It was Something good. like that. Um, so... Um, I have no idea where we were. I don't know where we were either. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Kirby Crackle. Mm-hmm. And before Jack Kirby, and what is most significant to, to his contribution to comic art, comics were very stiff. Oh. Um, no, not stiffening. <laughs> um, they were very... The characters were very statuesque. Right. When they moved, it was like a statue in pose. Because right. if you ever read Learn to Draw the Marvel Way... Uh, I did. Uh, yeah, Stan Lee teaches you the basics of any drawing mm-hmm. um, and Steve Ditko helps him to do that book uh, Stan Lee takes the credit for it of course he does if you look at the cover classic it's Stan it's Stan Lee sitting at a drawing table and everyone kind of went you don't draw the comics yeah you Stan. can't draw Stan what are you doing so it's drawing comics the Stan Lee way that's what the book is called yeah, it's the Marvel way isn't dra- well it's the Stan Lee way is tricking someone else into doing it yeah and then taking credit for yeah, it yeah like how I'm going to write a new book called Editing Podcasts the Mick Leonard way hmm and it's just tricking you into doing it. <laughs> I'll, I'll do it. No problem. Um, what's this for again? Nick? Just the, keep writing. Just keep doing it. You're the just Jack Kirby of this podcast. I'm, I'm the Kirby. I'm okay with that. Um, and before this, they were very all cylinders and boxes mm-hmm. with very little movement. Right. They didn't know how to bring them to. to Is life. that because they were drawing from images? Yeah. No, they used reference quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think where Kirby came in, he had done his apprenticeship with Fleischer Cartoons. Ah, so cartoons, animation. And he learned the principles of movement for mm. animation. Um, and he does, he kind of brought the idea of pushing the pose to um, comics. He mm. forewent anatomical accuracy in favour of stretched, elongated poses that showed action. Yeah, a fist popping out a at you. A fist popping out at you. Foreshortening was one of his uh, occasional things. Um, and he did this. Um, and he really brought this kind of sense. Motion lines were him. Um, oh. So n- motion lines have been around in comics <laughs> for a long time. You'd see the swing. But the idea of the same object in lighter lines, oh, following those, things like that. that. Daredevil it uses it a lot, where you see him move around a scene. One panel, oh, him in lighter lots colors. Lots of different daredevils. That's him. He brought that into comics. He brought it in with Thor. When oh. Thor swings his hammer, mm-hmm. you see multiple Hammers. shots of the hammer. Yeah. Um, rest in peace, that's hammer. That's him. Um, yeah, rest in R.I.P. hammer. Um, sounds like you had a very deep and intimate relationship with his hammer, akin to that of a loved one. It's um, there. I, think, yeah, I don't think that's ridiculous enough. I think yeah, that's, that's I was a probably normal a New Zealander. Nice. I don't want to insult New Zealanders. They make up <laughs> one of our podcast listenership. Yeah. Um, so, um, and someone from Bahrain. Bahrain. Yeah. 
We have some Bahraini listeners. Definitely someone that we've... Probably. Yeah. Um, so, um, he brought that whole exaggeration, and he has this really thick line, incline mm-hmm. that he uses. So his cuboid style, while it does seem a bit ridiculous, it works really well in comics. It brings comics really into the fore. It, mm-hmm. it makes them very dynamic when mm-hmm. he draws them. Um, and the other thing that makes him so significant, he had a massive output when it came to drawing comics. Right. The average comic book artist today manages maybe, if they're really pushing themselves, 22 pages in a month. Lazy. They make their thing. He, apparently, this mm-hmm. is apocryphal, but apparently, at mm-hmm. his peak, yeah. he was managing 75 pages a month. Wow. Of output. He drew a massive amount for Marvel Comics. And a lot of it was very complicated. A lot of it was complicated. Like, like he a, did not shy away. An old complicated spaceship. But apparently what he did was he would just sit in a room Mm-hmm. And he would work from dawn to dusk. He would just start putting pages out. He would do roughs. He would line inks. He he just he did the whole process. Mm. Um, and apparently, go on. Sometimes he did the lettering. So Stanley oh. didn't even do that. Stanley, he's a real bad bloke, isn't he? Well, you can't say that. Like he's going to get us taken off. Disney's gonna, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Disney's going to. That's true, actually. Because he's a real good bloke he's not he's apocryphal he's he is the embodiment of Marvel and he's the cute old man that Marvel trot out on stage mm-hmm. and he can't really do it anymore but it's okay because he's made his millions what and Jack's dead um, what are some of his most famous let's say images or or panels or or uh, so he does splash pages very well I think he invented them. He, yeah, well, I think that kind of, when it wasn't big enough, he's just like, I'll just do it over two. Yeah. Um, one of his most famous images, he wrote the original Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, he created the original Thor. As I said, he was obsessed with mythology and really liked to bring it into comics. So Stan Lee says, I like to know mythology, but Jack Kirby was obsessed with mythology. Mm. Everything he does has a mythological basis in some form. In the first issue of... Uh, new gods don't we learn that they are the new gods because the previous gods have undergone Ragnarok yeah they we, suffer through their and we see a Thor and a Hercules mm. and a yeah and they all die yeah I think that's good I like that he did that he took the things that he loved very much and he gave himself space to do it himself mm. and I think DC was so happy to get him that they were just like yeah Jack you, you do you why is it then that these are relatively unknown the new gods yeah the new gods are relatively unknown to mass culture yeah I think in DC they're probably some of the most well known characters in canon they, they shape the significant events of almost every Darkseid I think is probably one of the well, most well known villains you think so uh, we should do one of these Vox Pops where we definitely have to, to do one we'll put one on we, we, I know we say this every week but I will definitely put one up in the Instagram good um, who do you know more uh, and we'll, the problem with that is you're speaking to the choir. Oh, we want to get people on the street and ask. Okay, them we'll do a box pop. At some name point. five Superman okay, villains. Okay, we'll, we'll try that. That'd be interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah. We'll do a video, maybe. Yeah, we'll do a video. Yeah, we'll do a video. We'll get a video going. Yeah. Um, when, yeah. when some color comes back to my skin, though. Yeah, when you don't look like Death Wonder. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure, sure. Um, or a Denison of Apocalypse. Yeah, they're just, very run down. I feel, I feel like a parademon. Yeah, you don't look like one. You're jacked <laughs> like one, though. Thanks, Ben. Congratulations. Appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, but, uh, yeah, I suppose they're very niche. Mm-hmm. They're a very odd concept and they're hard to get behind because he just went off and created his own mythology. Yeah. As 
did he also do the deviants and the and the externals? The eternals. E- eternals. The eternals. He did that when he came back to ah, Marvel. That was basically so another go of it. He moved to DC in 1971, mm-hmm. and I think he came back to them in 1976. Mm-hmm. So he didn't last that long at DC. Um, and when he came back, he had to he had to leave. Oh, sorry. Part of the reason that he came back to Marvel is that he wanted the New Gods to end. Ah, yeah. There's a famous run that he was planning to do called The Hunger Dogs. Right. Where Darkseid and Highfall and all that ended each other. Oh. It it finished. A new Ragnarok. It finished. He wanted an encapsulated mythology. He wanted Ah. his mythology. This was Jack Kirby's magnum opus. And it's recognized as such because his art is cleaner than it's ever been. It's stronger than it's ever Mm -hmm. been. Like, this is him in his prime of life. When he's drawn seventy five comics or seventy five pages a month, you know, full. Life. This is him at his peak, and peak Kirby, peak Kirby, which is something to look at. Like he's, it's really impressive. There's going to be a lot of great images in this week's video <laughs> yeah. because if you search anything Kirby, say what you want about them, they're not realistic representations, but they are great comic art. They're mm-hmm. really graphic. They're really gripping. Like he's really done a lot for the medium. Where might a norm? have seen some some Jack Kirby type stuff well the the quickest example I can think of anything you see in Thor Ragnarok on Sakaar right is Kirby what about Asgard Asgard is very well they toned it down they made it sleeker okay he liked big technological paradises right they were his thing okay um I mean, if you have examples, I'd love to hear them. I don't. Were the guards in Thor? Were they? Yeah, they they're Kirby? all they're all Eternals or Celestials, depending on. I, I think they were just lads in armor. Yeah, no, but they're not. Sorry, they're not actual. Sorry, I should be very clear. They're not actual Celestials in Thor Ragnarok. They're lads in armor. But those are the original designs of Celestials in the '60s comics. And we've seen two Celestials in the comics in the movies, haven't we? We've seen Ego. Oh, he goes a celestial he now. Goes a celestial now. Uh, and we saw the one who destroyed the planet in Guardians of the Galaxy. Remember, he put the power stone in the big staff and went brrrr, and the planet That's exploded. Ronan. No, the he... flashback where oh yeah, where Star Lord said, yeah. "I think a little pea just came out." And then the, the what do you call it? The no, head is nowhere. a celestial. Yeah. Um, but none of those looked as Jack Kirby as the Sakarian guards. Yeah, the Sakarian guards are a direct... Because Taika Waititi is hugely influenced by uh, Jack Kirby. He really mm. likes that kind of kitsch 60s stuff. If you go and look at his Instagram, mm-hmm. he has a picture of an exact replica of a Jack Kirby drawing helmet. He oh. created one himself, not unlike you do when you oh, cool. cosplay. He That's made nice. one for himself, and he is very proud of it. He wears it on occasion. He I like Taiko He's an amazing man. Um, um, so, other places. So, this isn't... Well, okay, what were we... Look, I've talked about this before. Mm. The video game Freedom Force. Yes. Um, it's not Jack Kirby no. in any way. But it's heavily... It's, but it's, it's Jack Kirby the video game basically yeah. um, even the the poses for the characters on the front of the box I don't remember when games had boxes the That's poses bad. for the characters on the front of the box are it's almost a bit of a rip off really. yeah they're stolen yeah. They're, they're almost what do they call it in the comic world when someone does that they're swipes swipes yeah. they're almost Lifts swipes yeah. um, Minute Man the Captain America analogue is in a very famous Captain the striding America Captain America pose. Yeah. yeah, sticking a fist forward. One foot forward. Yeah, one foot and one fist forward. Nice cuboid head. There's the insect guy there in the back is Hulk. Yeah, 
there's an Iron Man. This this flaming guy here, El Diablo, is in a Johnny Storm pose. Yeah. Uh, the Alchemist is in a Scarlet Witch pose. Yeah. The uh, Ant the Ant Man there is an Ant Man in the yeah. or a Spider Man or a Spider Man. They're like. they're a very um, they're a very Jack Kirby esque thing. Yeah. But it is, I I think, and this was this was kind of my first exposure to Jack Kirby. Was this game? Oh, really? Because uh, when I played that game, well, how old was I? About fifteen, maybe fourteen. Wow! I tried to draw like that for a while, yeah, and it's... for a while I thought I was drawing drawing in the Freedom Force style. Until... You were drawing in the until yeah, because there, said, oh. there, there wasn't as much internet then, mm. and then I discovered actually I'm draw- I'm trying to draw in the Jack Kirby style, uh, not very well. But I think a lot of people ended up being influenced by him heavily, like Darwin Cook, R.I.P. Darwin um, Cook did? Yeah, he died. Oh, of no, cancer. Cancer's yeah. a real bitch. Cancer isn't got him. Yeah. Darwin um, Cook, Catwoman. Catwoman, um, The Spirit, he, he rewrote mm. The Spirit for a while when DC was redoing The Spirit. New Frontier, which is probably what he's most famous for. That's His magnum good. opus. Mm-hmm. Good, good, solid, like nice golden age nostalgia. But he has very clean lines and very cuboid things because it's synonymous with that era. Yeah. That's his style. I have another one who. Yeah, the person I'm going to say isn't really he's not a Jack Kirby imitator okay by any stretch of the imagination but in many ways he's reminiscent of Jack Kirby yeah uh, do you want to guess uh, is this um, yeah. Ed no Ed Brubaker yeah no no I was going to say Mike Allred oh yeah yeah the French guy is he French no he's American he's Canadian no, he's a Mormon no is he's he? a Mormon from Utah did he do Madman yeah yeah Madman. I thought he was French. No, he's not French. Mike Allred and his wife Laura Allred. Yeah, she does his coloring. Is she inking coloring? She's one of those. Yeah, Yeah, she's Uh, she's his assistant essentially. Yeah, (laughs) take that, Inkers. I I didn't say that. That was a that was an attack on Inkers, not women. I didn't say that. I think. Well, that's not how it's going to be taken. Yeah. Well, look, it doesn't matter. Um, It's for you to put a foot wrong when it comes to sexism. I'm very tired. Um, Mm. But Mike Allred is a great example because he has the clean lines. He does. He's very cosmic. He loves now cosmic conundrum. He doesn't like his art. Doesn't look like Jack Kirby's art. You're never going to say, "Oh, is that Jack Kirby?" Yeah, it's significant. He's, I think, oddly coming to the point that you make. He doesn't push the pose in the same. There's not the same dynamic kind of. I would, yeah, energy to mm-hmm. to Alred that there is to Kirby. Yeah, I agree. He, I, I wouldn't. I don't think he's as good as Kirby. No, but he has his style. He stuck with his style for years. It's working for him. It's very pop art, simple. Yeah. Uh, I don't actually like it. Don't one. you? Mm. You like Kirby, but you don't like Allred. That's interesting. It, maybe it's too. Maybe it's exactly what you're saying. Maybe I associated too much with Kirby, and I think it's a weird knockoff mm. of Kirby, like the made in Taiwan version of Kirby. What's wrong with Taiwan? Nothing like that. You Jesus know exactly man. what I mean when I say made in Taiwan, but you son of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Do you notice the way my cursing has gone decidedly 50s? Yeah, you've uh, got all 50s. It's the Jack I'm trying Kirby. To, I'm try- no, well, I'm, just, I'm also trying not to have such a potty mouth because I know it upsets both you and some of the listeners. Some of the listeners. Um, what was I going to say? Another thing about Mike Allred. Excuse me for a second while I shove down some vomit. Oh, no. another, thing about, another thing about Mike Allred is uh, I've been a Mike Allred reader for a long time and when, when he does... He seems to enjoy most his own creations, but when he does do uh, established characters in a universe, mm. it almost feels a little bit out of continuity. Wow. Which you could say was Jack Kirby's thing as well. 
because he wanted new gods to be his own thing. His own thing. New gods were a his bit own separate. Thing. The fourth world is what he calls it. If you have a read of Mike Allred's ex, well, actually, Mike Allred just drew it. What was it, Milligan? Peter Milligan? Peter X Force? Okay. From the early two thousands, it's set in the Marvel universe. It's some of the characters have gone on to but join the mainstream, fit. but it doesn't. It's not that it doesn't fit. It just doesn't feel like they wanted it to be part of the mainstream universe. Yeah. And he's doing a pretty good Silver Surfer at the moment. Oh. Which, for some reason, people don't seem to know about. But it's uh, it's pretty good. Mm. It, it has... It's a, a little kind of cosmic space adventure. Nice. Almost existing away from from everything else. Nice. Well, yeah, it's good. Nice. Um, anything else we wanted to talk about? Um, oh. Uh, recommendations for if you want to see some... some, some uh, yeah, well, first of all, um, his auto, his not autobiography, but the biography that was written by him in I think in two thousand. Uh, just look, Jack Kirby, King of Comics. Okay, is what it's called. Uh, it's great. It has, first of all, it has a lot of analysis of his life and stuff. He had a fascinating life. He worked for the military. Um, punching as, Nazis. As a, no, he didn't punch Nazis. Huh. But what he did was he infiltrated villages and drew maps, detailed maps, oh. because he was very talented. He showed people where um, to punch Nazis. Yeah, exactly. Um, which was a really dangerous job at the time. Mm. Uh, survived all that, came back to New York, blah, blah, blah. Um, did all that. Um, he also, um, yeah, just had a fascinating life, uh, one way or the other. But they also have huge spreads of his original art What's it in, in the comic. Uh, Jack Kirby, King of Comics. Cool. By a guy called Mike Evignet, I think, mm. is I.E. or at the end of his name there. Uh, really, really good. Uh, check out his New Gods run his original 1971 New Gods run it is a fascinating look at not only um, comic book art but 1971 pop art like mm-hmm. 70s pop art It's he's quite formative in that regard um, and then if you want to see some more up to date Kirby-esque stuff check out um, Doom Patrol that's currently been put out by DC or check out the Mr. Miracle relaunch mm. that has come from DC another thing you can check out if you're interested is Go and track down the Superman animated series season two, nice. episode twenty five and twenty six. Nice Apocalypse Now. Yeah, I am Apocalypse, Apocalypse. with Michael Ironside as the, the voice of Darkseid. Decep- noted Decepticon, Michael Ironside. Was he not a Decepticon? No. Noted Autobot. Bald man. But Ironside does a voice for one of the Autobots. In no, 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 stuff. one of the Autobots. This guy here, his name is Ironhide. Oh, that's fair. But he's not voiced by Michael Ironside. No, someone is. My, no, no, not in Transformers. Oh, okay, Michael Ironside is the bald guy who dies all the time. Oh yeah, you know yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Jim was him yeah. for Halloween. Oh no, Two that's excellent. That's anyway, excellent. let's wrap it up. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Um, anyone else you think gets a, a rough old rundown from the comic companies? Bill uh, anyone else you'd like us to draw attention to? Um, do let us know. Uh, and remember, do not. Do not just hand over your artwork when you're uh, <laughs> signing to a big company. Yeah. Uh, give Alan Moore a ring. He'll stick up for you. Yeah. Bye. Uh, but not before an L rape.